And you are listening to the Texas Standard. Rescue and recovery efforts underway along the Florida panhandle right now, where officials are still trying to get a handle on the scale of the devastation wrought by Hurricane Michael. But it was eight years ago that the Gulf was devastated by an industrial catastrophe when an explosion on a deepwater drilling rig led to 4.9 million barrels of oil spilling into the Gulf over 87 days. Eight years later, the long-term impacts remain largely unknown. But researchers at the University of Texas Marine Science Institute in Port Aransas are trying to find some answers. Associate Professor Andrew Espaugh is part of that team. Professor Espaugh, welcome to the Texas Standard. Thank you. Let's talk first about what is known about short-term exposure to oil, just the short-term. What, what about the immediate after-effects of an oil spill on marine life? Well, it really depends on, on the life stage of the animal. So we do a lot of work with fish, and that's what I'll, I'll talk about mostly today. But um, when you're talking about really young animals, animals that are embryonic or larval fish, mm-hmm. um, they, they're really susceptible to, to oil exposure in terms of causing cardiac deformities. Um, so in other words, their, their hearts develop in slightly different ways that results in them being less efficient organs. And that really likely leads to their, their mortality. Um, when animals are exposed in later life, um, it's still cardiac problems that they typically exhibit, um, but it doesn't necessarily lead to directly to mortality. It's more like um, an animal will be impacted so that they can't exercise quite as well. Mm-hmm. Their maximum swim performance goes down. Mm-hmm. Their ability to take in oxygen from the environment goes down uh, on the max end. So it's kind of more analogous to uh, if you were an athlete, their athletic prowess being being decreased. Mm-hmm. I see. Now let's shift gears into the long-term effects. How are you going about researching? I mean, what are you looking for? Well, one of the things that we're really interested in is trying to figure out how those kind of cardiac impacts that we know happen when a fish is exposed to sublethal levels of oil, how those manifest throughout the rest of their life. So, for example, an animal that, that swims at a, at a slower speed, there's all these ecological hypotheses that those animals will be less effective at being able to capture prey. They will be less effective at being able to avoid predators. And they'll also be less effective at competing with their, their conspecifics or individuals of their same species mm-hmm. for, for resources. That's like things like habitat, preferential habitat, mm-hmm. um, preferential food sources, those types of things. So kind of like social competition. So you and end we're up, looking at those three dynamics, really. I guess, I guess you, you end up basically altering, if, if, you're, if this theory bears out, you end up altering uh, the balance of life in the Gulf. Yeah, well, it, it's a complex kind of network because predators and everything will be exposed. But yes, um, what can ultimately happen is certain areas that would be particularly hard hit, so just say the northern part of the Gulf of Mexico by mm-hmm. Louisiana, right. where there's still a lot of oil buried in the sediment. If that's that oil is leaching into the environment, if it's causing these kind of slow impacts on localized fisheries, you could have a complete dyna- or a, a shift in how the, the kind of the ecological network comes together. So what have you learned so far? I mean, is it too early in the game to, to, to know uh, anything, or, or have you been able to piece something together? We've learned a lot, actually. So a lot of these hypotheses really are bearing out. We've, we've run tests now where we have fish competing um, with each other for resources and even just straight-up one-on-one competition. Hmm. And what we're seeing is that the oil-exposed individuals are, you know, they perform much, much more poorly than animals that are just normal normal control animals. Um, when we run predation style assays, 
Um, we see that animals that are exposed to oil are, are preyed upon about, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an assay to time, so, but it's, they're essentially caught much, much quicker. Um, hmm. So the, the, the control animals, they take about an hour, an hour and a half for our assay to kind of yield results, whereas the oil exposed, it's only about 45 minutes. So it's a, it's a pretty stark result in that way. So what does this research do to advance, say, uh, policy or help scientists in the future? I mean, how, how will this uh, information uh, help offset future catastrophes or, or help us uh, uh, prevent them from happening, perhaps? That's a really good question because that's really the goal of a lot of this research. And I think a lot of it comes into risk assessment. I think everybody knows that oil is a really important natural resource, and uh, especially in Texas, it's, it's not going anywhere. But what we want to do is to make sure that policymakers are informed on, on the potential risks, especially risks that are, are pertinent to important uh, other natural resources like fish and fisheries. Oil is a big moneymaker in Texas, but recreational and commercial fisheries are also a big moneymaker. And there's a lot of communities on the coast that really rely on these resources. So we have to make sure that policymakers understand the risks when they're, they're kind of planning how, how the oil industry expands, how it works. We've been speaking with Andrew Espaugh. He is an associate professor at UT's Marine Science Institute, where they're trying to piece together the long-term impact of the Deepwater Horizon disaster. Professor Espaugh, thanks so much for your time. You're welcome.